Welcome to Hash Time with Navguzi Chuanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chuanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations. For this year's Mother's Day episode, we could not get any other social construct unraveler save for the former Miss Uganda, Dr. Zoe Nakuya. She is a medical doctor and a health policy specialist who at the core values well-being, joy, happiness, passion, inner peace, and authenticity. She is the author of Choose to Live Happily Even After and In Need. She serves a collection of nine empowering life lessons for the African single mother. Not just African single mothers, but any other person that has experienced single parenthood. In this episode, she gives us her wisdom and further shares how she experienced some moments in which she stood for what she believed in. Let's get into it. Hi Zoe. Hello Nabuguzi. Welcome to Hash Time with Nabuguzi Chuanuka. Thank you and thank you for inviting me, for hey. hosting me. The, yeah. the, the biggest deal is you saying yes <laughs> <laughs> to keep the conversations going. Well, yeah, I guess I sometimes you've got to say yes to, I think, that things that you think have meaning for you or value for oh, you. Yeah, 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 mm, yeah. So help us understand who Zoe is. I, I almost said doctor. Then I was like, eh, hey, no, 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 mm. no. <laughs> well, I think those are like um, titles. Sometimes I'm a bit hesitant um, about describing who I am mm-hmm. um, based on what I do. You know, that's work I do or things that I've studied. But like, who is Zoe? Zoe is just, you know, a regular girl, a regular woman who, you know, is constantly growing, learning, um, explorative, inquisitive, a questioner. Um, that's the kind of person I am. And then, mm. of course, yeah, I'm a mother. And then, yeah, professionally, I'm a doctor. And then, yeah, I'm a writer. And, um, yeah, commented on many different social issues. <laughs> <laughs> so you've talked about how you are ever growing. Mm. You're, you're, a cons- you're a constant grower, mm. to say the least. Mm. I don't think this is something that we embrace. Mm. We feel like the moment someone hits a particular age, mm. that is it. Mm. There is nothing else to learn. They're supposed to be perfect. And this, I'm saying it, you've, you've brought it out very well. But in this, I've said it in light of... I'm going to go to the celebrity world a little bit. Oh, in light right. of the Jada issues that keep coming up to okay. the news. Mm. She is someone who has come to a space of, I think, saying the same thing. Mm. Maybe not very much. The time when I used to follow her a lot, mm. when she would talk about growth and all those things, how she keeps learning and unlearning things. Mm. But for some reason, people are harsh on her. Mm. That's what I feel. Mm. Because, hey, man, they don't, they don't, like, how long? They're like, I think the common question is, when is she going to learn? Okay. Yeah. And what do they want her to learn? Because the thing is that, the person themselves is the one to identify the area in which they need to learn, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, of course, some other people might have their opinions of, um, you know, whereas so-and-so have gaps, okay. But I think it's the person who needs to feel it, who needs to identify where they need to grow and then, you know, seek out that growth. Personally, I see growth as... Um, as a constant, not because of uh, some of the things that I've read about or all mm. that, but I saw my mother, um, like, there was some little thing that would change about her every every day or every oh. month or, you know, uh, my mother passed away at 80 and um, even before that in those, you know, like say the last decade, she was never someone who is like, okay, now I'm just seated, old age, I'm waiting for the day I'll go and what, you know. There was always something that she was doing, adding to her life or to her home or to, you know, that sort of thing. So 
so that's when I even started having questions about the issue of retirement. I'm mm -hmm. like, why do I have to think about retirement? Maybe people should see it this way, like, okay, formal employment allows people to work in their institutions, maybe up to age 60 or 65, okay? So I'd rather call it like a transition from one stage yeah. of you know, work, one season of work to a different, you know, another season rather than retirement, you know, because when you start thinking of retirement, the way that it's understood, mm -hmm. how most people understand it, they start thinking of, you know, like uh, slowing down, not taking on much anymore. And uh, the funny thing with the mind, a little bit that I think I have learned or know is that when you start um, thinking that way in your mind, mm. even your body starts listening to that, you know, and uh, accordingly, according to, you know, body, mind, understanding of medicine, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, even your cells, even your body starts succumbing to retirement, is translated as old age, so you start that kind of downward, you know, uh, trend. So, so for me, I see growth as a constant learning, expanding until the day you die. And I think the number of people that I draw inspiration from, they work well into their 80s and 90s. And mm. so they reaffirm my mentality, my understanding that, you know, as long as you have the mental, um, you know, um, you're, you're healthy mentally, you're healthy physically, keep on living and yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. You've introduced yourself as a professional doctor. <laughs> I said professionally. Professionally, yes, doctor, you yeah. are a doctor. Mm, yeah, that's what Have I you, trained to be. Mm. Yes. Is this something that you wanted to do growing up? I not really. <laughs> and I would say a yes and a no. Why? Because um, I chose the path of medicine at age 16. Oh, yeah. How much did I know about the world at age 16? Oh, did you have to know about the world? Sometimes, okay, I think you do. No, to be a change to, 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 I think to, to choose certain things, mm. you know. Mm. A lot of these things, we choose them because um, that's the, the normal path that's available. Um, it's different from a child who you see, you know, as they're growing up, they're very talented in music or in acting or in this particular art or, you know. But the you know the majority of people we get trained into uh, certain paths yeah. of lives you know so of course when you're in school and you know you're performing a certain way uh, you know the academic setting mm. as well as the family and social you know background or social surroundings they'll shape you in a certain way you know so in those days you know the courses you know for some people you know what do medicine go for law um, architecture engineering you know those sorts of things so for me i was very much steered towards uh, medicine mm -hmm. so of course that now starts way back like you know at 15 16 you're trying to finishing up s4 and then you're making decision about the combination that you're going to take right so you take that combination of subjects with the course in mind the career in mind so that's how it happened and uh yeah so i'm in medicine and i can't deny it. i loved it i enjoyed you know studying medicine yeah. and um actually didn't find it as hard as it is well, you know, smart people so well, that don't have issues with biology or physics <laughs> I, had, I had issues with physics when i was in um secondary school mm. um especially before senior four it was like i really used to find it a bit uh tough I think I'm not so much of a machine person and all oh, that. Yeah. And because we didn't have so much um, in terms of, um, should I call it like, too, you know, too, enough equipment and all that. So a lot of these things you're studying theoretically and they wouldn't make so they much. They don't add up. Yeah, they wouldn't <laughs> make so much sense to me. Yeah. But then now when I made the decision that I'm going to pursue medicine, so now like i had to do physics i had to wait you did pcb yes why yes oh my dear <laughs> I, said PCB. I did pcb math. what yeah pcb sub math yeah so now i had to find it a was way sub -math. Mm. we didn't 
to it wasn't like full maths it's an, another type of you know I had the word but I actually I didn't do the course the, the subject so I don't know okay yeah so um so now I was like I had to make friends with physics <laughs> <laughs> yeah in a way so um I, I I told mom to get me some textbooks I mean I always used to admire the girls who would ace it I would be like how do you guys do it Anyway, I did it. I managed to pass it uh, mm. with a detour and then proceeded on to, uh, you know, HSC, did it and um, went into my medicine. I was like, okay, now I can now really study the real body, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I enjoyed the course. I enjoyed working in medicine for some time and then went into public, you know, health for some time. And um, yeah, but then as you, as you grow through life, certain things happen in life certain diversions happen and then um usually if you if if you like pay a bit of attention sometimes they start speaking to you mm. and uh, you 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 start finding who the core of you is yeah. and then you start to you know think that oh maybe i think that these are the parts of me that were more of me but we're not identified then and therefore we're not addressed and taken on mm. talking about you coming to your core self mm. understanding your core being mm. at what point did you ever feel like okay what are the values or what are the things that my spirit stands for okay mm, yeah that has been a process mm, when i was younger we were okay but apart from being you know taught more about the basics of you know honesty respect and um you know honesty respect integrity and uh you know like uh of you know protecting like your dignity mm-hmm. um as you go through life and um you know standing for for like you know who you are like not to be swayed by everyone else's you know opinion and all that and then of course then the religious you know uh upbringing the religious values that they tell you you know mm. like of course then they're also related to respect um uh, honesty and all that but then they do not encourage much about self exploration um you know getting into self knowledge and um really bringing out the person that you are mm. and standing up for that person and say hey this is what this and this says but i believe this is what i believe and this is how i see life mm-hmm. and um, i think it is valid and uh, I'll, I'll i'll take that path so it's been a journey of exploration not exploration as in go here there whatever but like of um of letting my mind <laughs> unfold eh? of letting my mind receive the information that's mm-hmm. coming through because i think often we don't let that reception happen like there is so much noise in society so you're usually swayed by that yes and yes. you're supposed to fit in exactly you're supposed yeah. to fit in so over time uh some of the values that i have found are really matter to me um is um knowing and accepting what i want and actually giving it to myself mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um then also knowing that i will not always uh, be something that pleases someone else but does it address my forward movement does it address my well-being mm. you know um like i said i'm a questioner so um over many years i've had lots of questions about how religion prescribes you know what life should be like or yeah. how uh conventional social settings prescribe what life should be like what a woman should be um how sh- they should lead their lives mm. um they don't also we get definitions by by uh you know um institutions for example i offended a number of people when i went for the beauty pageant 
you know, and <laughs> you know, socially, professionally, religiously. Yeah, you know, we're, we're getting there. Mm. <laughs> you know, like um, I shook a number of people out of their seats, as in, like, how do you dare go for that as a medical student? You're supposed to be a particular way, you know. Oh, you were still a student at that time. I was finalizing. I was in the last semester, mm-hmm. the last term of mm-hmm. the last year going for my final exams you know and then i took this on so so to many people like who does that who, who <laughs> does that are you in your right mind you know yeah. but i felt that it was okay you know first of all it was fun it was like adventure you know try something else outside of that you know the normal route and um and, and and yeah, so I did it, and um, even if it offended a number of people, yeah. I was like, "But this is my choice, and if I feel that it's not going to compromise my other choices, then it is my choice, and it's my decision. It's me who's leaving it." Mm-hmm. And um, I think also the presence of the people who loved me, the core people, for instance, my mom and a few of my family. Um, you know, because um, they talked to me as like, do you feel comfortable with this? Oh, yeah. You know, they asked me, my mom asked me, are you okay with it? And I said, yeah, mom, I'm okay with it. She said, you're sure? I said, yeah. She said, if you are, go ahead. I mean, we are behind you. Mm-hmm. So I think like that's important. So being able to, to speak up and to communicate with the people, you know, your core people, yeah. I think that um, is helpful through life but I think it has been helpful for me um, along the different seasons Mm, of life mm, because mm. even when I was (laughs) I know people might be like but um, because I mean I changed from Muslim to Christianity and that was also another season of change let's let's first go in order eh? (laughs) I don't know if it's even the order let's just go (laughs) let's just go slowly yeah this year's theme on women on Women's Day or the Women's Month was break the bias. And okay. now me looking at you as a medical student, you know, we have these chippers, they're called chippers. Yes. These I thought what are they called? What are they in English? I, stones or what? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know the correct name for, 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 for them right now. I feel I have had a problem with some people being identified by the professions they choose they are mm. limited mm. that you know mm. lawyers are not supposed to do these mm. doctors mm. are not supposed to be up for beauty pageants and now mm. for me i'm looking at you as someone who is breaking the bias or even undoing the stereotypes that come with beauty pageants mm. i know you've spoken about the friction mm. that you experienced choosing mm. that mm. what was going on in your mind what was going on in my mind? <laughs> were you were you ever scared that mm. oh my god maybe I'm not going to be taken as a serious doctor at some point? I think the thing is this: it's important to know what you're doing. I knew that I was good at my medicine, and I knew that uh, you know, however much they talked, mm. I was still going to do my stuff, and um, I was going to do it well. Uh, first of all, before I signed up for the pageant, I knew that I had studied, I had read. I'm not like the last minute kind of reader because uh, these things of like, you know, waking up at night or early in the morning to, you know, to cram things and what, that's not me, <laughs> you know. So I am, um, I was always, you know, you know, learning something or, you know, cementing what I have learned in the lecture. Yeah. Um, so by, you know, by the end of that day, I've like kind of reviewed it and I have some at least foundational understanding of it. So it's not like I had a backlog of things that I have to pile up just because the exams are coming. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got to know your stuff. So I knew my stuff, and I knew that this, um, you know, participating in this was not going to compromise me. Right. And uh, even when I went to that side, I sat them down after becoming Miss West. I think that's where I started. I told them, look participate in the pageant i'm not going to be able to be here you know fully for the camps and the trainings and all that because i'm having exams okay oh yeah so do let me know if i should pull out now or i will be accommodated to come on the weekends as and when i can 
to do whatever training or whatever social activities need to be done. Yeah. So they said, you know, will you manage the running up and for you know up and down? I said, yeah, it's okay, I'll do it. So know your staff and then be open with yourself, honest with yourself and honest with the people that you're dealing with. So communication is key. So each side knew what was happening. I knew what was happening. Um, my family knew what was happening and the people at the pageant knew what was happening. Right. And, uh, you know, these are the people that I was dealing with. So people on the outside you know they don't know my life they don't know where i started from and where i'm going so whereas i was like okay why would they say this or that and i was also aware that you know certain stereotypes exist in society so i kind of like i knew it was happening but i kind of put it on the side at the time you were getting into home. it were you sort of did you sort of had have an idea of, of the of what we look or what society looks at beauty pageants as mm, yeah i had a bit of an idea yeah because i mean any like girl or you know who would go into things like a modeling or a beauty pageants not around the world but here people had uh and not a very um like you know good attitude about it and, right. you know, yeah but the thing is like it goes back to knowing who you are i knew that that's their perception is not who i am so even if that's the perception they have that's not how i'm look, how i'm going to turn out yeah. and indeed that's not how i turned out <laughs> so <laughs> and then here you are <laughs> do i say the name from from to Zoe? Yes. Mm -hmm. From Rehma. I was Rehma, yeah. To Zoe. Mm. Mm. Hey. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired this? What inspired this? Um, the change. Um, I come from a Muslim family. Yeah. But then it's a mixed family. Mm. Because on both my, you know, on both my parents' side, like uh, a few generations uh, behind they are catholics so they also someone changed along the way and became muslim and then you know that sort of thing so it wasn't too strange to me you know christianity wasn't too strange to mm. me and then um i was i had exposure to different systems right yeah and um and then when also when i went to namagunga uh, which was a, a Catholic Christian school. Um, I, I wouldn't even say that they influenced me because they never, they would never like kind of interfere with people's faith. And actually as a Muslim, they used to facilitate our fasting. Uh, they would wow. make for us Eid. They would mm. give us special treats and special meals and all of that stuff, you know. Yeah, but as a person, like you, 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 you grow. That thing that I said, when you start listening to yourself, so for me, I found that I had a more open um, way of communicating spiritually uh, then than I had um, on the Muslim side. I think because maybe it was in Arabic and all that. And I, I wanted a certain depth, you know. So, so over time, I would, I, you know, I started transitioning in that because I mean, I would pray in my language, Luganda mm. or English, and I would feel like, mm, it has, <laughs> I would feel it has sunk. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that's where it started from. And then it grew and then it grew. And then somewhere along um, in university, it really became like uh, really deep. In my heart, I decided that this was it. Although on the surface, I stayed Oh yeah, as yeah. a Muslim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then after university, yeah, I I actually told my mother, um, and I told Hama, I am transitioning to Christianity. Uh, actually, I was away from here; I was abroad, but it got to that point where now I had to make a decision. So I called her, and we talked. And at first, she was not very. Like yeah, well, new, well, new information can really be unsettling. Exactly. You can be like, what? Yeah, she was like, what? <laughs> and you know, and she was like, eh, but now, what am I going to tell your your your, your grandfathers? Your, you know? 
you know, that whole bigger family and all that. So we talked on the phone. I told her, Mom, you know, Mom, this, this spiritual decisions are really deep personal decisions. Mm. And uh, I really feel this is for me. This is where I feel aligned. And uh, I want to follow that path. Yeah. And uh, so she said, well, I'm not yet comfortable with it. Maybe I don't understand it, but I'm not going to refuse you. I know. So if you've decided, go ahead. Hmm. Because I think I had never really like um, messed up the decisions that I took. So she... I th- I'm, I'm, I'm just speculating because she mm-hmm, did tell mm-hmm, me that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think she was she was okay. She was comfortable with that because she, she realized I had not messed up my time as a beauty, you know, like um, my time of office. Mm. I had done it okay. And then after that, I tell her, Mom, I'm going abroad to study. And all this, like, where is the money? I told her, I'll figure it out. I'll pay for myself. So I figured my way out and I went and then she realized, yeah, I was figuring it out. I was working and paying <laughs> right, for myself. Right, right, and right. she's like, yeah. So when I tell her this thing, I think she realized, you know what? She, she, she can handle it. I can it. trust her with herself. <laughs> in yes. other words. Yeah. So she had like, you know, started really trusting me with mm-hmm. myself. So mm-hmm. she was like, if that's what you've decided, it's okay. Go ahead. We shall talk about it when you, you know, when you visit and, uh, so along the way, you know, it was okay yeah. to the extent that, you know, like sometimes when I'd um, come back or if say, she seemed like, she's like, hey, you've not gone to church today? Oh, <laughs> wow. Yes, you know, yeah. You know, like, hey, they don't matter what games in church. I tell you, I don't need to you know. Oh. Yeah, then now I have to explain why you don't go, you know. <laughs> because why are you leaving us? And you're not doing what you went for. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So, of course, of course, over time, like before she departed, we'd also discuss Christianity, and now, yeah, and we'd even pray the Christian way even together, and she would say, yeah, Amen, and she'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And then over time, she had started. We had started talking about like you know, church. The building is not. It's not that thing. I mean, yeah, you can go there. We, you know, so. You know, you can pray together and all that sort of thing, but it's not the be all and end all because at the end of the day, the church is within you. You know, that right. the altar is within you, like I've shared sometime, you know, so that's where it begins from. When if you go to church, when inside here is a different story, that is just a show. It's crazy how people are looking at churches in the eyes of their pastors or they look at the pastors as the church, the bee, the bee, all and what? What are and you saying? All. And all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like yes. you cannot touch their pastor there. They're mm. untouchable. Mm. I've had other experiences. Yeah. So we have you as the author the mm. couple of things that you've introduced yourself as mm. happily ever after even after even after sorry yes that are and then end mm-hmm. happily even after yeah that's on the book we underlined it <laughs> even <laughs> yeah because most of most of the time we say it's ever. happily ever after yes but then mm. you have the side of even that yes. you're opening us up to mm. Mm. we might be aware of it but I think we are so much in denial of it mm. can we can we have a little chat mm. on what inspired you to come to that space of writing happily even after. Okay. Um, first of all, you know what the book is about. I do. What is it about? <laughs> but I don't want. And I, uh. <laughs> I want you okay. to do it. Mm. What inspired me? Um, well, the book is about single motherhood. Um, it's basically uh, about redefining the journey of single motherhood. Mm and uh, redefining the stereotype you know or not even redefining but actually cleansing oneself of the stereotype mm. and um, seeing yourself in a different picture because um, the funny thing is this like we said earlier we get into this world and then we start putting ourselves in different boxes and those boxes start defining us and start limiting us you know um, so we have the societal setup of like, you know, a girl 
should a woman should be like this so they start from a woman should mm. be and will be like this okay mm. so now once the girl child is born they are set up from the beginning as soon as they start like you know understanding and uh, you know having some sort of memory say like say from five six seven onwards you mm. know they start training you on the girl path on Kasukari. the woman path okay yes, this Sukari, that Kasukari. kind of thing okay this woman this girl she's going to grow up she has to be trained like this for the woman that she is supposed to become you know that defined way you know so so you grow up like that so when you grow up and um yeah you follow the beaten path now if you happen to fall off the beaten path mm. then all hell breaks loose you're called many things you're ostracized um directly and indirectly some people want mm. to do it directly but you know there'll be lots of whispers you know um behind you and then of course um as a group you get ostracized in the media in social circles in church in you know like everywhere it's like there's nowhere to turn it's like uh once you get into the category of a single mom yeah uh, or someone who has um stepped away from their marriage or someone who has been thrown out of their marriage mm. you know it's like it's as if you become a half human because you're no longer fit the picture that was set for you mm-hmm. so you get lots of negative stuff said about you uh, thrown at you and um it definitely impacts your life because um in the early phases it cuts you off a number of uh, you know exposures a number of opportunities um and then it messes up your mind as well and then there are losses involved in that so along that journey mm. you can get beaten down you can get into um you know for some people it can push them into depression prolonged one even and then um a lot of times because you've fallen off the beaten path you may not get the support that you need um like from your partner or from the structures the institutional structures that are supposed to support you mm. so um yeah you fall back in the hands of your family who um if you're blessed they will you know stand by you and you know and walk with you and uh, reassure you that if hey, you are blessed if like you are blessed that part yes because there are many who are like uh, like they don't get that 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 the warm welcome if they get off the beaten path you know they'll be told all sorts of things why did you, you have to go like back that? or you have like... to go back or oh that's how it is everyone goes through that that's normal you just work it out and i think because we've had so many there are so many unhealthy relationships so many unhealthy marriages but because people have taken it like it's the norm so it's what is modeled as the norm things like you're on the first person you know so it it ends up being like you're not unique to go through that therefore as in that's how the normal thing is you know it's, it's, it's unhealthy so just go with it so like mm. the unhealthy is made healthy and you know so many people get stuck in there so for those who say you know what i, I recognize this is not healthy for me i'm jumping ship. i need to what? step out At the end of last month, we launched an online store for all of us to be able to access our podcast merchandise. The podcast is run on a freemium model, and that means that I do not charge you at all to have access to the podcast conversations. But because I have a few running costs and the goal to acquire a podcast studio, you can support the podcast by purchasing one or even all the merchandise available. Check out the show notes for the link to the store, and if your podcast does not show you the hyperlink, check out our social media pages for the link to the store. Let's get back into the conversation. I have a friend yeah. who she was married. Yes. And then she was somewhere and someone called her and was like, "You're there in your comfort zone. Do you even know that your husband has a child 
somewhere else. I don't know if it was the exact woman who called her. Mm. But meanwhile, she was up in this marriage. She was catering for this guy. She was doing almost everything for this mm. man. Mm. Right from the time when they were at the university, she was getting her internship money to fund this person. Mm. And then there they are in the marriage with three children and she hears this and she, when she, the moment she confronts him about it mm. he gets violent mm. one time their first child found him strangling her mm. so I shared this mm. with my cousin because mm. I was so much in shock I was like no she shouldn't be going through this mm. and then my cousin was like sure she's not the first one mm. yes 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 so now what what she did for me in that moment is that she was invalidating the other my person's, shock. Yes, your shock. And the other person's experience exactly. as well. Exactly. She's mm. like, she's not the first. Those things happen. I was like, what? And I think, how long back is this? Yes. It's a couple of years. And I'm like, I'm, I'm st- every time I remember her response, I'm like, yes. No. Mm. <laughs> it yes. can't be like that. Yes. So when you talk about how society is just like normalizing the things that we should be stepping out of or asking people to do better yes i really relate with you yes so we should be asking ourselves to do better and uh, we should be asking um our partners to do better and they need to be asking themselves and you know um driving themselves to do better you know and uh, this does not happen to just women um Although I wrote from my perspective, yes, yes, inside yes, the book, yes. you actually realize that it's about anyone who has been in a relationship, is in a marriage, or aspires to be in mm. a marriage or relationship. Because I, I have many guy friends, or I know many other men who um, who have also gone through, you know, stuff, and um, you know, and, and they're quiet, or they are supposed to just shoulder it and all that. You be know, because man. even the other side, even as women, we can be, you know, like they're more or less the, 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 the unhealthy ones and putting in, you know. Um, you know stuff that does not like really fertilize the relationship yeah. or you both can be each one of you is not you know is not stepping up to the plate mm. and uh, you, you know you're not bringing this thing together so sometimes maybe there's no physical violence it might not be there or but just other subtle forms of dysfunction that like just really kill uh, the marriage and uh, sometimes you know the two people are not like either one of them or two both of them are not willing to to step up to the plate and work this out mm. if it's only one willing partner then it can't work because this is you know something that's made by two people and then made, it involves children so it's a unit so everyone must you know like do their part so yeah. you can't do just you know a one-sided thing so um unfortunately um it's like as long as you're living together as long as you made those vows or made that decision you just like carry it on uh especially if there are children involved Mm -hmm. you know for the sake of the children but i've i've seen enough around me and around the world to see that um when children grow up in an an unhealthy home even if it Mm. has both parents they incur more trauma than if they were with one parent who is happy or you know the parents are living separately so they experience each parent in a different space but when each parent is happy i mean there are instances when two people are not going to get along for the long term I mean, it happens and we must acknowledge that. Yeah. Or sometimes people make mistakes in choosing partners. It does happen. It's not always, you know, an absolutely 100% correct Mm. decision. Mm. Okay. Mm. You choose an unsuitable partner and then for some, maybe you both get there and you're like, okay, maybe a few things were missing but let's work together to, right, to, right, to get things right, right. right. Let's, right, let's, right. You know. but then sometimes you find that you know one party is not willing to you know to, to, to do any to make any adjustments or mm. both of them now the truth is life is short okay life is short so you must ask yourself how do you want to live that short life Oh, yeah. really if say you had one month to live two months one year to live in any situation you need to ask yourself is this how I want to be living this one year that I have left and then on the other hand life is long 
if I'm going to live up to 80. Oh my God. Up to 90. I'm definitely not subjecting myself Is this to what I want to subject myself to for all those years? You get what I'm saying? So, but at the end of the day, it's an individual decision that one has to come to and decide, you know what? It's me as an individual. This is what I'll do, you know. No one can make that decision for anyone. And the other thing is that mostly we hesitate because of the bashing that we expect, the suffering that is, uh, you know, the, the suffering tales that are told, told yeah. about um, being, uh, about getting out of a marriage or about being a single parent. So we are normally get, we, we are scared of that. We are scared of being ostracized. We are mm. scared of the losses we are going to make. We are scared of having to, to get in the game again if one ever chooses Bye. to, you know, like, <laughs> ever chooses to remain open to getting another partner. So yeah. that's scary for people. It's like, I can't do this all over again. So they're like, oh, let me just stay. Um, so a lot of things, obstacles, sometimes imagined obstacles mm -hmm. that keep uh, people put. But for those who make the decision and say, you know what, hey, I'm jumping I'm into back. the ocean. Let me swim and see. What <laughs> someone who made it so funny, she was like, you guys, mm. remember when I said I was taken? They have brought me back. Oh, someone <laughs> just shared something like that yesterday. And it was, so it was sad. Like she was enjoying her relationship. She's mm. a friend. She was mm. enjoying her relationship. Mm. And I don't know where was I when I saw that. It, it hit me. I was like, no. Mm. Who has broken my darling's heart? Mm. But the way how she brought it out mm. was so funny. She was like, hey guys, mm. they have brought me back. Mm. <laughs> you, you've, you've made a very powerful point mm. in, uh, I think I should tackle it two ways. Yes. The moment when you talked about how life mm. can really be long. Yes. And the bit of where abuse is not just physical does mm. not just come in the physical form mm. i have seen mm. people that are possibly in their 60s mm. and their men mm. are still abusing them mm. Mm. and it, it still confuses me to just like how are you still here in your old age like you're supposed to be enjoying mm. your old age mm. How are you still finding yourself in a position of, I need validation. Mm. I need validation from this man. I need to prove to them that I am worthy. Like, mm. it's, it's crazy. Mm. And for me to think about that length of time, mm. I don't know how long of a cycle this person had to go through to the time of 60, 70. Mm. They have grown kids, yes. meanwhile. Yes. But they still have to... It's, it's 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 baffling for me. Like mm. even when I was saying it, mm. no. Mm. Others are possibly about to become grandparents, and their husbands are still physically abusing them. They are beating them up. Mm. I don't know how we are okay with that as society. How we come up and say, you know, the first, what is going on with us? <laughs> um, I think um, it's been taken like that, like traditionally for centuries the man is the boss and um, there is this you know the dance between paternalization you know of, of the whole marital relationship it's almost like you know like the, the, the man is the god the little god of the relationship mm. and uh, you know <laughs> infantilization of women you know like your children yeah. who basically must be just guided and directed and what you don't make decisions you don't like make like real um, um, like solid contributions to relationships and marriages and uh, it was set up in such a way that you know it's, it's, it's handed down through the mm. institutions both the religious and you know the cultural and subtle other ways you know of the media so so, so, so the, the woman knows that you know what um, I must be disciplined and if I um, if I I've, I've get off that path then maybe if he did that he's bringing me into the path because 
our understanding of self-worth has been warped you know the way it's the way we are brought up is that you find your self-worth from the approval and acceptance of other people and usually mm. from the acceptance and approval of the big people in your life the big people that are that those are your religious leaders those are your the, you know like say your, your, your partner your husband those are your parents those mm. are your older siblings and that sort of thing so so these umbrellas above us we seek that approval from them and um, you know so if you do, that's where your worth is so if you do not uh, venture into exploring what real self-worth is then you'll be tied to those definitions mm. so you will do your best you know psychologically it becomes part of you you do your best to to keep it you know to keep that sort of uh, uh, you know, have to you have to fit in. You have to be accepted. You know, so so th this is how it goes on year after year, and then you know you get into your fifties or your sixties, and maybe you have not. Maybe the woman has not like really um, put some other stuff aside for herself. Like you know, let me say a fallback on plan, and uh, this is what she has known. Let's say she's been married for since twenty five or twenty three mm. or twenty. I mean, she's been here for almost 40 years. So like, you know, this is like a part of her fabric and tearing herself away from that is a very tough decision. Mm. It's a very tough mm. decision psychologically. Mm. So sometimes um, it's, it kind of seems like pseudo easier to stay with the pain, you know, than the possibility, the power away from that pain yeah so these yeah. are patterns that actually get ingrained into your psyche and they drive how you live your behavior it becomes part of you mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. many mm -hmm. deep in their hearts they would prefer a different situation but this is all they've known and this is all that the world or the outside or their social circles know about it so it can be like you've been there up to 60 so now what next i mean and indeed you are you actually ask yourself indeed where am i where going? am i going i mean now now where are you going what you want another partner that you're going to leave your children and your grandchildren and you know because then you know we have these nice family setups these um what should i call them i think they are the little sweets of, of family life you know mm. the little sweets you suck on a sweet and it kind of kind of soothes that pain you know yeah. so your child graduates and then you all have a party together mm. you have these baptisms and then you have a party together and then you know your children visit and you share a cup of tea together and all those sorts of things so those 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 sweets yeah. let me say those those sweets those cakes eh? they kind of keep balming um, mm. they, 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 they are as like a soothing balm to whatever other pain might be going on to the, uh, you know in the relationship so when someone thinks of tearing themselves away from this you're thinking you know now i'm going to tear apart all these family traditions you know like now where are my kids going to come mm -hmm. see it for visiting mm -hmm. on the weekend or for these graduation things so there's so much actually to consider that it's never an easy decision for someone yeah. and it could be women on you know for the most part i mean statistically it shows that women go um, through these things more but also men <laughs> goes i've had the opportunity to have like lots of conversations with with, with men of mm -hmm. men of different ages and you know they go through stuff as well you know and uh as women we are not like physically macho so a woman might not beat a man physically but she might take him through uh, a really difficult you know time hard stories and uh, he might not be able to say you know to 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 to, to leave the family and say you know what let this end so maybe he might opt to have another relationship outside or um 
Pima just stay and you know you're both living in a dead thing but um, you have the home and the marriage and you know that's you have the thing. case yeah so it's actually never really an easy decision mm. and um, I I don't judge the pop the people who who stay mm. because it, it's a tough decision I'm telling you yeah, it yeah, is yeah, yeah. yeah some of the stereotypes that are that come with the mention of single parenthood mm. Mm. what is that thing that really alarms you like what mm. is that is that something that has shocked you <laughs> <laughs> uh, like um well first of all they, they they there is this stereotype of like um you know once you're a single mom on one hand you could be desperate to get another relationship so some men might think that like you're an easy target okay oh. because they, they 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 think that you're looking for another partner and so there is that so at first it would it would it, it you know it would shock me but then i then i and then i got to understand it so like it, it, it stopped bothering me yeah yeah and then there is the other type that people think you hate men oh yes that you hate men you hate relationships you hate marriage as in even any single constructive comment that you might give about the transformation that's needed in relationships mm, or marriages mm, people mm. might just say oh, that one because you know she just yeah. doesn't like relationships or, yeah. she or because yeah. she's bitter yeah. or because of you know that sort of thing so people can easily dismiss what you're saying apart from those who have actually gone through the experience and they know what you're talking about or maybe they're in a marriage and they can actually feel what you're talking about they are open to listening to different perspectives mm. and they're like you know child get a call you know it, it's it's real and it needs to be addressed so so you you get those you know yeah those those those, those two like <laughs> on opposite ends right. you know yeah and then they think like basically you 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 hate it so much so you you probably you don't want even to get married again or to be in a relationship mm-hmm. again and what then they fail to actually realize that it was not marriage or relationship that you were against it was the fact that you chose to step away from something that wasn't working right or for some they were thrown out of a relationship or marriage so it is <laughs> two sides of actually three sides one you stepped away two you were thrown out three you as partners both decided that this is not working let's release it let's release each other mm-hmm, and give ourselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an opportunity to find something different i'm looking at you as someone who has i'm looking at you in three ways of breaking bias religion <laughs> uh profession and the family settings as well mm. how do you take care of your mental health as the questioner mm. that you are mm. and people coming up with all these things thrown at you how do you stay grounded mm. mm-hmm. yeah um it's been a process i won't say that i was always like this it's been a process um like um when you talk about let's say that that beauty pageant first versus the profession and all that that that, that didn't bother me so much actually maybe i was still young and yeah, like, <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> yeah so it didn't bother me so much um but like um the the relationship uh part of it 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 did actually bother me um you know in the earlier stages because um i set out to to have things work mm. you know i set out to have things work and um and then i was kind of like even if i knew these biases existed and the stereotypes and all that i was kind of i was not prepared for how it would hit me like how i was going to receive the stones because mm. then once it happened and then i actually started knowing about something is one thing but yeah. now being in the experience of it is another thing so actually receiving the stones from the different sources and um Mm, that was a bit uh, of a challenge to deal with in the beginning and um yeah at first i felt like oh you know you feel like you you don't fit in you feel like 
okay, this space now is no longer for me. When you go to church, you realize that now there are certain groups that you don't fit in anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, certain friends actually start stepping away from you. Whoa! Yes, 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 yes. Because now you're no longer adding, you know, like the married or relationship conversations and all that. And um, also not everyone is at a stage of understanding what you're going through, okay? Mm -hmm. Because when you're going through a challenging moment in life, you're not going to be there just conversing about the happy stuff about life and all that sort of right. thing, okay? And not everyone is in position to be a receptor to, you know, what you're going through. So with time, I understood that and I became comfortable with it. I started knowing that, oh, this person is just not ready or sometimes they've not processed this and they don't know how to deal mm. with it because mm. even we ourselves sometimes find it hard to deal with the changes in our own lives. Now, how about another person dealing with the changes that are happening in your life, you know? So it becomes a bit tough. So it was a gradual process of, uh, of reading mm. and learning from other people, from, you know, different teachers, mental health teachers, spiritual teachers, and then also learning more about who I am and um, realizing that, hold on a minute, when I'm born as a baby, yeah. I come into the world all full and worthy and like no demands. I mean, like that understanding really like changes things because I mean, you come, you, you poo anywhere, you pee anywhere, you, you scream, you, you know, but everyone thinks you're worthy. Everyone thinks all like, right. you know, you yeah. have a right to be here. You get me, okay? And then, you come with no definition, you definitions, you come with no boxes and then you get here and then they start measuring you according to certain boxes. So now I had to go back into that understanding and started dismantling all these boxes mm. because these are transitional things in life. Yeah. Because I was like, hold on, before I was in a marriage, there was a single me and I was happy and I was okay and you know felt myself felt my worth and all that mm -hmm. so now how is it that this particular setting because it has not turned out what it was expected to be why should it you know start defining me you know so I'm like people lose lives we die yeah okay we lose loved ones people lose billions of money of enterprises okay and so you count this as another loss in life or a change in direction yeah you know and uh, so i started go I, I was going through all those things you know going inwards you have to stop listening to what the world is saying and then going inwards and listening to what's going on within you and asking yourself where is this coming from how is it affecting me how can i sit differently yeah and then you start changing your perspective around it and then you also start looking at the people who have gone through your path and then redefined their paths and actually made them work better for them maybe even better than what they had before mm -hmm. so then you start you start reshaping you know your life and um the clouds start lifting and uh, yeah yeah <laughs> thank you so much yeah. for sharing your wisdom I, I feel like i've been in a master class of some sort oh, please <laughs> and non-defined or maybe find yourself master class <laughs> so thank you so know. much for sharing your time what is that particular word that you feel like you should leave with us at the end of the episode at the end of this episode i think that particular message would be take time to find yourself. Mm. You're not out there. You're not what others have decided you should be. No. When you take the time and find yourself and then you get to know yourself and then you get to see how you can walk that self that you have found mm -hmm. through this world in a constructive manner that does not bend to you know to expectations mm. but at the same time 
does not you know live in a way that is destructive to others and also accepting that you know that self that you have found of course will have to um you have it needs to find you know common ground yeah. within where you're living in the society you're living in but without getting lost in it because we, we can't be islands and mm -hmm. i always tell that to my children as well i'm like you're not an island you know if we are in this house you know yes you're an individual but you know we have to find a way of working with our individual differences and all that but then not to get lost in the sea like you know swim in the world but don't get lost in the world mm -hmm. yeah thank you so much thank you too for inviting me. Zoe, we are grateful for the insights you have shared with us in this Mother's Week. My takeaway from this episode is that in all that you choose to do, communication is key. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag with Navuzi Chuanuka. If you loved what you heard, make sure you subscribe to Hashtag with Navuzi Chuanuka in your podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends, loved ones, and every other person that is affected by the millennial world around us. Also, feel free to share your insights about what connected with you on social media and be sure to tag us. We are at Hashtag with Navuzi Chuanuka on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter. Our handle is at HTNK Podcast. You can also reach us on our email, HTNK podcast at gmail.com i really look forward to hearing from you and while we wait for the upcoming episode remember that as an unraveler communication is key